It's Tuesday, June 7th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann. Yes. From Stock Advisor, Jason Moser. And from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Guys, good to see you. Good hey. to see you, Chris. We got two guys from the first floor. Jason. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, it's. We gotta have uh, a couple more not. escorts up. I here, know I we're, we're gonna need to need to call security by escorts. I should. <laughs> let's, this is, oh, let's no. We're in the outtakes part of the podcast security already. Escorts. This is not the Elliot Spitzer kind of escorts we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. We're or, just not allowed to wander around the editorial floor. Exactly. All right. Moving on to the actual news, we've got aftershocks from the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy, and we've got the state of the American investor in a moment. But first. Yesterday, Apple CEO Steve Jobs took the stage at the Worldwide Developer Conference in San Francisco to unveil the Lion, the company's latest operating system, as well as iCloud, a music streaming service the company is banking will popularize web-based consumer services. Uh, Jason? I hadn't heard about any of this. They did what? <laughs> Apple what? God. Exactly. It's, uh, it's the almost... mainstream media has just fallen down on the job, not just... telling us about what's going on with Apple these days. I'm going to go to Jason first, though. I, I know so, you've got I'm a lot so, to say I'm on sorry. this, but I'm going to go to Jason first. Um, you obvi- did say Jason. Obviously, a, a lot of news there, and yet it, it, uh, it somehow seems less exciting than if Apple had just rolled out a new device. It was less exciting. and I mean, if you, the stock is even down a little bit today. But I mean, if you saw any of it yesterday, it was rather underwhelming. I think they probably have more success when they roll out devices. Uh, but this one was certainly focused more on the uh, iOperating systems, uh, the line, like you mentioned, and the big uh, iCloud and iMatch applications where people can basically store data and push it out to the cloud and just have it synced up with their Apple devices, wherever they may be. And uh, so, I mean, I, while I like that, I like the, the convenience factor there. I'm not sure that the the push to just get everyone to own an Apple device is really realistic. Now, with that said, I mean, you look at the numbers today, and there are 200 million uh, iOperating systems devices out there. There's iPods, iPads, and, and iPhones. And only 20 million of those are iPads today. Uh, it seems like they've gotten their supply chain issues worked out, so I think more iPads will be rolling out. Uh, Bill Barker, I'll go to you. Is this, I mean, is this a game changer? It feels like it really isn't. Uh, well, I'll, I'm going to defer to the uh, tech analysis uh, analyst that we have at uh, Molly Full Asset Management. Another guy who's stranded on the first floor at the moment. <laughs> we didn't have enough escorts to get him up here. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tony watched everything and, and thought about it, and and his review. And uh, Tony is is. A little bit different from uh, Bill Mann and myself. He's he's uh, just thirty and uh, he's not, a Wookie. Yeah, <laughs> he's a tall say. man, and he's from Wisconsin, which is weird. But he's he, he's not married, and his analysis. Well, this might uh, you know be a great product. It is a great product if you're family. You've got a bunch of uh, different devices and you're networked, and then it's great because you can share a lot of stuff and all. But for everybody else, I, I think this is really underwhelming, and I don't think this, this goes anywhere. And so for my family, and, and I think Bill Mann's as well, this is the kind of thing that would lock children, perhaps, into the Apple operating system from an early age. They're already stealing their mom and dad's uh, iPad and uh, iPhones and, and hogging the computer and, and doing things like making their own videos and trying to share them. And, and it's a little clunky at, at the moment, but 
if Apple makes it that much easier for a family to just all be locked in together and in devices, that is something that might tie people into the system for decades. Basically, Barker's just excited that he gets to that he'll be able to watch you know the sweet life of Zach and Cody without, <laughs> without oh, having to see that. <laughs> but I think Bill makes a good point there with the with the family aspect. I mean, I could see that probably playing out in my household as well. Now, the one thing I mean I will say is that Apple is certainly serious life, yeah. about this. I mean, they uh, just. You know, they I think just just tied a bow on top of a one billion dollar uh, data farm down in, in North Carolina to basically, you know, work this cloud system. So they're not even the first mover in this case because I mean, if you look at Google and Amazon, they've already started pushing things to the cloud. So I think Apple's, you know, trying to get their their piece as well here. Here, here are a couple of things where Apple was not the first mover: MP3 players. Yep. Computers. <laughs> Computers. <laughs> phones. Uh, smartphones. Tablets. Uh, where, where was Apple a first mover? Naming their company after fonts, a fruit, gooey. <laughs> not, not even. No, actually, name one thing where Apple they was wanted a first mover. Fonts, mover. like on computers. Like it's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've done better on these other things where they weren't first <laughs> so movers. You're saying that's not going to. Pre- I just wanted to win the argument. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. A, you're saying was, that doesn't preclude them from succeeding. It doesn't being the first mover. Apparently, it doesn't preclude them from making billions of dollars being the second, third, fourth, or fifth mover. So, is this the next big thing for Apple? This this line operating Winning? system and the iCloud <laughs> is this, is this the next big thing? And if not, what is? I don't know if it's the next big thing. It's going to be bigger than ITV, although I guess maybe that is part of, you know, the the strategy is to have enough things where people are are downloading and sharing from, you know, iPad onto the TV. If somebody cracks that code, that will be a big thing. Yeah. No, man, next big thing. I mean, that's kind of it. I think that uh, the thing that that Apple's just amazing at uh, at user interfaces, but the thing that's that's been clunky that it sounds like they're getting you know to the heart of is the interoperability and specifically the upgrading and you know between devices you know now you have to you know plug them into your computer and upload and download and if you don't have to do that anymore i think that that is actually i mean that really advances you know the the experience on apple products jason what do you think i house i house is the I house what just wiring my house everything's you know your, your whole house is just run by apple just one click of an iPod, that. you've got your refrigerator at the right temperature, your air conditioning. I don't want set. that, and I don't want my um, iPod synced to my daughter's. You were asking for the I, next yeah, exactly. big thing. I know, you but get I get to hear more Selena Gomez music that I'd way. I'd watch the sweet death of Zach <laughs> Cody. <laughs> All right, moving on. Bill Gross is known for running PIMCO, the largest bond fund in the world, and obviously hedging for safety during tough times. Uh, new court documents, however, show that he was loading up on Lehman Brothers' debt before the investment bank went bankrupt. Total losses uh, netting out somewhere in the neighborhood of $3.5 billion. Uh, I don't know, guys. Does this change his reputation at, at all? I, I don't think so. I mean, the bottom line is what investors got through the PIMCO funds, a total return fund in, in Gross's case. And they had great results in 2008 when the bonds were marked down. I mean, this news is coming out now, but the economic effect of it was felt by the investors. As, by the way, the $3 billion loss has to be- Sounds com- awesome. <laughs> has to be compared to the $1.3 $1. Right? $1. trillion uh, that, that's managed. So it's a very, very, very small drop in the bucket. Yeah. I mean, the fact that- uh, the fact that they had a trade go against them. I mean, it's it maybe maybe the three point four billion sounds like a lot, but it, it really relatively isn't. And 
what we don't have the information on is where he bought the bonds because he may have bought them when they were already distressed, which sometimes when you buy things that are distressed, they get more distressed. I mean, they're, you know, it was trading at a discount for a reason. So, I mean, on a single trade, we're going to make a big deal. I, I mean, you know, maybe it's not a great radio experience and say, ah, oh, it's no big deal, but I don't really think it is. <laughs> um, but yesterday when we were talking about Warren Buffett and you were talking about um, Warren Buffett's talent for evaluating managers and you, you did acknowledge that, you know, the whole affair with David Sokol was a blot on his record. Yeah. When you look back and you see that in July of 2008, Bill Gross is on TV saying there's a close to 100% probability that Lehman is going to avoid failure. Isn't that a blot on his record? I, I think that you could go back in time and take all the same players and knowing what they know now, they would probably say, they would probably bet today, oh, we don't think the government will let Lehman fail yeah. this time. We've seen what happened. There are those that, that were ahead of the curve on this and say, no, 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 the government can't let Lehman fail because the, the consequences are disastrous, right? And th- those people included Gross, and they turned out to have a point. Yeah, and so that was what he was betting on. It wasn't necessarily betting on Lehman being a you know a a, a company that couldn't run itself out of business without a bailout. Yeah. He was betting on the consequences of not giving a bailout are, are just incomprehensible, and we got to see what happened when he was proven wrong on that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Back to you, Chris. <laughs> And finally, investors are feeling bearish about the stock market. A prudential survey of 1,000 Americans found that three out of four investors say they plan to avoid the stock market for at least the next year. Nearly half of those polled say they will never invest in stocks again. Bill Mann, what do you say to those investors? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, over the last decade, there was, a, there, there, there was analysis done, and, and it basically found that, uh, that basically the last decade was flat for the market, but the average mutual fund investor per, actually generated returns that were 20% worse than that by virtue of buying and selling at the wrong time. So what you're seeing now is nothing more than a, re- a reflection of where we have recently been. I mean, we've gone through a horrible period of time in the markets. Of course, the last two years have been okay, but my grandparents went through the Great Depression and they never, you know, they they never so much as went beyond having a house and a savings account after that. So, I mean, you know, it it, it doesn't surprise me, but to me, I mean, it's it, it it's an advantage to be out in the market when there are people who uh, who who don't want to look. So, pivoting off of the Prudential survey, uh, there was a quote from a spokesman at Schwab who said, "There's a view that the market is rigged, and last year's flash crash didn't help alleviate those concerns." Um, Bill Barker, what's a bigger problem? Is it investors' mindset, or is it the mechanics of the stock market? I, I, I think the the mechanics of the stock market are are not a problem. There there is a problem in the way the stock market is used by a lot of uh, high frequency traders, and perhaps the perception that that's creating in investors that that is what is is dominating prices, and that that is moving stocks in a meaningful way over time. It isn't. It moves stocks in a meaningful way over microseconds, and people make a lot of money off those little tiny moves. But it doesn't affect their ultimate returns. Yeah, yes. I, I think certain parts of the stock market are in fact rigged. I mean, I think the IPO process is rigged. I think certain of the you know, I think 
on a set, you know, if you're looking on a second to second basis, there is there's manipulation going on. But a conspiracy of that of that magnitude would require a lot of people over time. And it sounds tiring. It sounds yeah, like it would be so it, much work. It sounds exhausting. And, you know, to, to me, at some point, a conspiracy that requires everyone is a market, you know. So I think people's brains are kind of rigged. You know, I mean, basically, the the rule ought to be invest in things that you understand. And if you invest in things that you understand, I mean, eventually, let's say someone is manipulating Costco's stock. Over time, Costco is going to make a lot of money and their stock will reflect it, period. That's it. There's manipulation, but there's also great companies. And if you can find those that you understand, stick with it. Yeah. Okay. So don't, we don't be crazy. So we have some consensus that the stock market writ large is not rigged. But what is one thing that you think is rigged? Bill Barker? Well, I think for the same reason that people think that the stock market is rigged, that is that it's controlled by people and that people are are affecting the outcomes, and and perhaps over very short periods of time they are, but things where you bet money on people, boxing, high light, horse racing, Court uh, tennis. I, I, court tennis. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a, there was a scandal about a, a fixed tennis match uh, a couple of years ago, and Europe apparently betting on individual tennis matches is a big thing. And then somebody was, you know, got got caught doing that. So yeah, anything where there is big money bet on individuals affecting the outcomes more than teams. By the way, I would say uh, you've you've got things that are rigged. Bill, man, I'm going to say the NBA lottery. I think the NBA lottery with the ping pong balls and the what pops up and you know they've they have figured out you know what players ought to go where for the best marketing bang for their bucks and and, and LeBron James in Cleveland was a dream. <laughs> it was, but he was from Cleveland <laughs> for from few, Akron for a few years. That was a dream, and well, then yeah, you know. they 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 fixed that by being terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then he took his talents to South Beach. Jason? Those stupid little cranes where you move the thing around the top of the box there the and then you press the button and you drop it down to the pick Denny's up like crates. a stuffed animal or something. You just, those things are real. I mean, you can't, you can't. You, never you sound like you've lost a lot of money on those. Yeah. <laughs> that would be harming children. Yes. That's owned by Coinstar, by That's those awful. Are Is it really? Yeah. Coinstar. Coinstar. Oh, well, now you just you uh, seal oh, so, the deal there. Yeah. So, right. so when you uh, dump your change in the Coinstar thing, that's rigged too. Because how are you going to know how much <laughs> change you really put in there? You got to count that thing up. I just dumped fifty bucks in there, and you gave me thirty back. Yeah. You're welcome. You're right. <laughs> Bill Barker, Bill Man, Jason Moser, guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based only on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Creer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, but this one will certainly focus more on the uh, iOperating systems, uh, the Lion, like you mentioned, and the big uh, iCloud and iMatch applications where people can basically store data and push it out to the cloud and just have it synced up with their Apple devices wherever they may be. So I'm kind of torn on this because, I mean, ultimately, I mean, at its core, you like that pun there, Chris? Uh, core. <laughs> I was going to let at it go. Its, but... At its core. Wait, I, I mean, this I is just understand. a push from Apple. Core. Oh, Apple? I get it. Yeah. Anyway, this is a push for... It's not funny, but I get it. <laughs> it's, it's <not laughs> we spend some more time on it, we'll get somebody to laugh. This is a push for Apple. <laughs>